0: It's Cofield and Company. Mocha Jane can
1: shove it. I don't like Mocha Jane at all. She's got a real attitude. Don't worry about who's parking in the handicap spots, Mocha Jane. (laughs) You could do one of these because you think your friend would hate it. So, a lesson everyone else. Put something on. I know we're all locked down and you're really comfy. Letting your uh, twigs and berries bounce around. It's time
0: for Cofield and Company. With Steve Cofield. On ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Three o'clock hours here. Adam Hill, Cofield, Ari in our Finley Toyota Studios. Going to talk to uh, Sideline Stormy, Ringside Stormy in about 15 minutes. Get her opinion of the end of the season, what happens in the offseason,
0: cleanup day, It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Do you think Jalen Rose is good?
2: Not really. Okay. And I'm kind of biased toward him because of Michigan, but
1: I don't think he's great. He's very confident. Sure. Which sometimes is a problem. Yes. Like, last week, when... We talked about him on uh, a live spot mocking on Jay Williams, one of his teammates on ESPN or with ESPN, about the whole stupid I got hacked tweet, which is dumb. Um, Like, I think you have to, you gotta make sure that you have room to talk with your professionalism. Sure. Before you're like taking shots at other people. (laughs) Fair enough. And I said it last week. I'm like, I really think he's kind of dish it, but can't take it, guy. And I'm still very turned off by the fact that he fanned the flames of the whole Molly Karam, Levar Ball thing. Sticking up for his girl. I guess you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But his latest is just—it's. I mean, I think it's a legit question. Like, how is Kevin Love on the Olympic team? I, I don't know. Right. Not the most accomplished guy. He's a so, good player. So, but when you saw that he was on the Steppen, God, he's a. I'm saying recently, he's a very good player. I would also in his era in the history of the NBA, he's he's been on the downside a bit. But I also make the argument he he he
2: does kind of fill a need. Like they're going to have plenty of scores. He's a he's a he's a stretch big. He's a, a stretch big that's a really good passer and can rebound. Okay like that kind of feels like for the if playing internationally.
1: What, what is one of the problems that we had for a while was just like, let's just get every star player. Right. And then and you, you had to find bu- out. didn't build a team. And then you have, you know, especially in this era where, you know, they're playing FIBA ball. So yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of stretch elements and you're playing with, you know, power big men. Yeah.
2: And so I, I think you could certainly make the case that a guy like Kevin love, fills feels they need that probably other guys are not going to fill.
1: I mean, if you listen to the show, you and I are very cynical, And a lot of stories were like, there's a racial element. I hadn't thought of it here. Should I have? Am I stupid? Is this Christian Leitner And Shaq? I mean, I don't think so. But possibly. Jalen Rose said, I'm excited about the roster, and I assume, I know, uh, we're going to win the gold, but I'm disappointed in something. I do this show every day. I do it in front of Tommy Smith and John Carlos raising their fists at the Olympics. I also know the favoritism that Christian Leitner was shown when he got a chance to be on the Dream Team ahead of Shaq and Alonzo Mourning. But they made it so a college player could get on and and gave him favoritism. Uh, But this level of, I've got a word for it, Kevin Love is on the team because of tokenism. Don't be scared to make an all-black team representing the USA. I'm disappointed by that, Jalen Rose said. And anybody that watched this year knows Kevin Love did not have a stellar season, was not... The best player in his team, and did not necessarily deserve to be on the squad. He's now apologized. I I don't know what the apology. I don't know. He goes, you know what? You know why I'm apologizing now to the game. That's not a good start. Maybe to (laughs) Kevin Love, to the game because uh, I'm what the game made me. I was raised by all-time greats, and you know what? I never want to do is uh, disappoint. His late mother, Jeannie Rose, or disappoint the all-time greats that raised me. I'll, I'll look through the full transcript and see if he actually said, I'm sorry, Kevin Love. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I
2: think you could you could probably see where he's coming from. I get it because he's gone through it before. As he said, he's pointing out. Yeah. We saw it with Christian Leitner. Um, I just – I want to – I, I don't have to look through, and, and I didn't get caught up in the roster – uh, for nor the, for I. the team, nor have I. So I I don't know like who got passed over, who could have been there, but I do think there's a case to be made that his game fits kind of what this team needs yeah. around some of the star scores that they have.
1: All right. So question is, all right, Jalen. So give us a name. Who do you yeah. want on the team? Yeah. Okay. He wants DeAndre Ayton on the team. And he said, uh, uh, "You know, Team USA didn't have the quote cards to send an all-black team to the Olympics." DeAndre
2: Aiden? Yeah, I, I love DeAndre Aiden, but I also don't think he doesn't fill. He doesn't. He doesn't fill like a need that they have, and he doesn't play an Olympic-style game. To me.
1: All right. Well, I mean, why don't we send Luca? He's not American. Well, neither is DeAndre Aiden. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even get that. Yeah, I was sending one. you up there. Yeah, that's good he's born in the bahamas now they're going to work on getting him on the team usa for the next olympics but right now he doesn't qualify because he's not a us citizen you can you can get waivers and such but he's not qualified to be on the team so you're making a case here about tokenism the guy you want to replace love isn't eligible come on and that's what i'm talking about going back to last week you're going to bust on jay williams yeah, I mean when you when you're when you're throwing out charges like this, you may want to do a like a good investigation behind the scenes and make sure everything you're saying is on point and factual. Yeah, and that's what I mean that's what we both said of you'd have to look and see okay, who
2: who was passed over, who's not on the team because of this. And by the way, there are guys that turned it down. So
1: it's not like they said, "Hey, he's one of the 12 best." But there's guys that turned this down. Now, I don't I don't I don't believe I would have thought of this. Now now that he says it, do I think like the case he's making is ridiculous? I don't know, not necessarily. I can be cynical about it. Yeah.
2: I could listen to an argument, but like like I said, I'd have to go do a much deeper dive into
1: who's like, not on the five, team. Like give me five guys who could fill in and then let's have a basketball conversation right. are they better qualified for this mix of players and this roster than Kevin Love Yeah, that I would be totally open to that.
2: And and if if he's fifth out of those five or sixth out of those six, then then we could actually have a conversation about it.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877 700 NOVA. My two girls just love arts and crafts, love letters, right? As you can see, they give me a lot of those, and obviously, it was, uh, it was a big game coming up, you know, Game 6 in Montreal. and. And they thought with their own heart, they, would, they wanted to send Robin no, no love. And I thought it was really, uh, really sweet to them. It's time for VGK ringside reporter Stormy Bonatoni on Cofield and Company.
1: Marc-Andre Fleury, again, uh, repeating how much he, he and Leonard love each other. They would love to play together next year. That's one of the uh, stories we'll get into with Stormy Bonatoni. But first, Adam, we've got breaking news. Another big event, major event. Come to Las Vegas, right? Yeah, NHL All-Star game, which
2: typically is played right around the same time as the NFL Pro Bowl, which will also be here. Ooh, uh, right. I doubt they do that on the same weekend that they usually do, but that would be fun. Cool. Stormy, what's going
1: on?
3: Yeah, it's going to be a, a busy city for sure. It's so cool. That news just obviously came out like 15 or so minutes ago, so awesome for the city. Get some of the stars of the game in town and have some fun really cool I'm doing well though uh as well as I can be post a uh, season that you know obviously didn't go the distance that the Golden Knights would have liked to but it's also been just kind of nice to I don't know breathe because I haven't done that in a while so it's okay double double-edged sword right
2: what is it like to be reintegrated into society <laughs>
3: I did it very quickly, Um, (laughs) definitely, like, the first day that we got back, I needed to ease my sadness, and so I did some touristy things and went down to the Strip and went to the casino and had a little bit of fun because it was my first time, you know, outside of our bubble in a really long time. I, like, it was just very, it was very bizarre to walk around and see how many people are vaccinated now and don't need masks and a really cool feeling, honestly, how normal things are feeling.
2: Uh I feel like, I can't remember the exact post, but I feel like you didn't do very well gambling.
3: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best. I had, You know, like anything with gambling, it's a roller coaster. I did pretty well on the blackjack table for a hot minute, but then I wanted to do slot machines because I liked the flashy, flashy time, and it all went downhill from there.
2: Well, obviously you'd prefer to be at a game one than uh, doing touristy things right now. Uh, in Las Vegas but how long did it kind of take to move from well that sucks years over to all right let's start thinking about next year
3: well I feel like in the city it has it happens pretty quickly but you're 100% like the goal from day one is to go to the Stanley Cup final whether you're on the team a person that's a fan in the city work for the organization pretty much anybody that has an association with Vegas that's what you want, and that's what the goal is. And obviously this is a team that was built so well for success, and they genuinely believed that they were going to make it to that point. So it's it's tough, and I, I think it's going to be one of those things that sits with everybody um, for a little while. I know there are some guys that are going to try to get motivated from watching these games in the Cup Final, other guys that probably won't watch it at all just because they don't really want to stomach it right now. Um, because of the way it feels, and they think that they should be in that position. Um, but in terms of management, like, of course, that's, like, the first thing you have to do, right, is kind of turn the page to next year and um, see what you guys can do in this off season in terms of the cap and who's going to come in and who's going to come out. And at least for me, listening to all of the players exit interviews on Saturday and, you know, just hearing kind of their thoughts on – summing up the season, summing up the postseason and how things didn't work out. I think that the toughest thing is going to be that this is such a great group and they're a group that has great chemistry on the ice and off of it. They have a really, really good room, and the fact that they're not going to have this blend again moving forward I think is a little bit tough.
2: It, it is, and, and I'm going to ask you a complete hypothetical, which probably isn't fair, but that's okay. <laughs> I know you can handle it. Like, I, I, I was trying to figure out – is it harder to deal with this way where you just don't play very well and you get to a spot in the season and it doesn't go well, you don't you don't generate much offense, you don't play very well, and you just lose than if you would have just played out of your mind and still somehow fell short? Like what is more difficult to deal
3: with? I feel like in a lot of ways it's kind of the same but backwards because if you're playing outstanding and you truly truly feel that you deserve to win and you're you know you're getting these high danger opportunities and the goals just aren't going in for whatever reason versus things just not clicking and you know you're in this position but you still firmly believe you're the better team and I think that's the thing for the Golden Knights is that the reason I say it could either way feel similarly is because regardless of the situation the Golden Knights still felt they were the better team like, up until the moment that they lost in game six, they felt they were going to win and that things were going to get handled and they were going to force a game seven and ideally win that game and go to the cup final. Like, I genuinely believe that that's the way that this team felt. So I think it's pretty hard to stomach either way for this group.
2: Stormy Bonatoni joining us off season. Stormy getting ready for, uh, <laughs> I'm sure, popping up on many, many different things throughout the offseason, which is one of our favorite uh, things to monitor uh, when you're not with, with the hockey team. Uh, but get it ready for the Golden Knights offseason. And the first thing we learned from offseason availability was that Alec Martinez had been hurt for quite a while with a broken foot. Did you see him getting wheeled around anywhere?
3: <laughs> um, yeah, a few, a few times I did. And you don't know uh, you know, the extent of what injuries are for guys, but obviously he was dealing with some some difficulties that we ultimately found out was a broken foot. And for me, I've told you guys all year long what a fan I am of him as a person and player, just because of the way he carries himself, and because of that, you know, they all joke about it—the warrior mentality that he brings and that he has. But it's so, it's so true. It's so real. He's one of those guys that just lays his heart and body on the line every single game for this team, and um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens this off season. Obviously, he's one of the three free agents on the team um, going into this off season, and what management's able to do, because he's, in my mind, earned such a big place here. He's been one of the best, if not the Golden Knights, best defensemen throughout the course of this season, led the league in blocks in the regular season and in the postseason, and um, he's just he just a battler. He was great for the team this year, and, I mean, you just saw the way that Vegas rejuvenated Alex Martinez's career, and he, he deserves a good contract, hopefully— you know, the lack of income tax here might help out the cause. And if they are able to get him, maybe getting him at a little bit lesser value than maybe he would deserve in another market. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm sure that that's a priority, trying to have conversations with how they can work something out with Alec Martinez because he was such a staple. And, yeah, he went through a lot physically, um, for sure, this offseason I and mean postseason. Well,
2: that's why you're a pro because you answered my next question already. But, I, I mean, I think the decision is going to come down to for him – taking he'll probably get less money from here than he would maybe somewhere else and you have to decide is it worth it to be a part of this organization and my sense of Alec Martinez is as much you know as much as he loved being with the Kings and winning titles there like he has quickly found a home here and I wouldn't be surprised if he took less money to stay here
3: I wouldn't be surprised either and I personally just I, I hope that it works out for the golden knights because i think he was a key cog this year and i think that he is one of those guys that when it comes to the room blends uh i mean everybody on the team jokes they call him and shay theodore brad and chad <laughs> just because they're two peas in a pod they're good buds uh you can't walk around a, a hotel on the road without seeing those two together they have a really good connection and um, I think that he has that with a lot of different people on the team, honestly. And I could see, because he's comfortable here, because he is so close to his full-time residence in L.A., um, and he loves the city, loves a lot of the elements that come along with being a Vegas Golden Knight, um, I could definitely see that. And like I said, the income tax thing does help um, the cause of players here in Vegas as well.
2: Uh, just real quick, I guess a bit of breaking news: Twenty Twenty Two NHL Draft will be in Montreal. So we're uh, learning a lot of things from the uh, from the press conference going on right now. So Montreal gets the draft. Vegas gets the All Star Game, which we would we will love to have here uh, in town. Well, uh, one of the other things that I think is the big focus going into this offseason, it's going to be the talk until something is decided, is whether they can once again carry two goalies. And and what we learned or what we heard uh, from the press conference was that, you know, Leonard and Flurry have really developed into uh, pretty close friends and the, the families seem tight and, and everything seems to be going great. It seems like they both want to be around. I don't know how realistic that is, uh, but if the team does want to keep both of them, it seems like both of them are cool with that.
3: Yeah, I I truly, genuinely believe that. Just the way that I've seen them be around each other all year long. I'm pretty sure I told you guys when I joined you last week. Like, the game that Rob and Leonard played... Um, Uh, what was it, game four, he, like Marc-Andre Fleury, was chanting and cheering the entire time for him. I saw it again in game six, um, just banging his glove against the glass. And, you know, every time he made a big stop, rooting him on, Uh, he's the first guy that you, when either one of the bullies comes off, they're the first guy that they're talking to him. They're talking through different things. They do have a good bond. And, you know, the audio that you guys played back of Marc-Andre Fleury talking about his daughter, drawn a good luck picture for Robin Leonard going into game six it's it is special they are friends they have developed a bond and obviously this year it was a condensed season so it made a lot of sense obviously you know 12 million dollars in one position isn't ideal for for you to have stocked up in two goaltenders um, but it, it worked for this year specifically. They were the best tandem in the league. Mark andre Fleury could very well earn the Vezina. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that tonight, but um, you, you look back at this season and the way that they were able to do as much as they could, fill in when the other was, needed to be fresh or when the other was injured or whatever it may be. Um, they worked really well together, and they supported one another, and the team really liked having both of them and having that fresh option. It made a lot more sense this year than it would potentially next year or in the future, um, but you can tell that both of them want to be here, and we've heard Bill Foley even say that you know he's told Marc-Andre Florey that he wants him to retire Vegas Golden Knights. So um, another one of those things where you just have to wait and see what makes the most sense. It's another year with the flat cap, and the Golden Knights obviously – They had to do a lot of cap gymnastics this year. (laughs) They played that final game against Colorado in the regular season with 15 skaters because they ran out of money. So, (laughs) um, you know, it'll just be really interesting to see what Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee, what all of them come up with, and if there's any management team in the league that can figure stuff out and find a way to make things work, it's those guys.
2: I'm going to put you on the spot but be vague about it. You don't have to give a name or anything. But do you expect when next season starts, there's somebody that fans would consider like a star or a fan favorite that is no longer on the team?
3: Um, yeah, I do. I think that that's kind of just the inevitability of the offseason. Um, we obviously saw it last year with Nate Schmidt, Paul Dazny, um John Merrill, even somebody that a lot of people just really loved. Um, and that's just, like I said, it's the nature of professional sports that your longtime favorite. Um, don't always last in the place that you want them to. Um, and I know for me personally, it's kind of sad because yeah. you have developed personal bonds with these players a lot of time, You see them every day and you get used to it, and it is a bummer when that revolving door happens. But unfortunately, it's the nature of the business. They all understand it. And, yeah, I, I do expect that. I anticipate some, some fan favorites or one fan favorite uh, to probably no longer be with the team next year, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it's a good warning. Uh, especially with this organization, they want to win a cup and they don't want to stand pat. And sometimes that means th- uh, tough decisions will have to be made. So, Stormy, enjoy the off season. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you uh, a little closer to the regular season. It looks like regular season, what, probably October 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range uh, as we get back to normal around the NHL? Yep, October
3: twelfth is the date I keep hearing, so that's kind of what I'm tentatively planning for, but exciting to know that we might be getting closer to a regular schedule once again.
1: Yes. Thanks, Stormy.
3: Thank you guys. Have a great one.
1: There she is. Stormy Bonatoni, ringside reporter for
2: the Golden Knights. Literally, like almost as you were asking that question, it sounds like Bettman said probably between the 10th and the 15th of October. So that's about right.
0: Visit lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Now. Back to Cofield and company in the Finley Toyota studio.
1: Busy, busy hockey day, NHL news day with the Stanley cup final about to start up at five o'clock Montreal and Tampa Bay. Yep. Montreal's in golden Knights. Aren't so hard to believe. Still hard to believe, um, <laughs> maybe maybe a little uh, sad for the open wound from the NHL league announcing All-Star Weekend will be here in Las Vegas in 2022. So that's super cool. And that comes with all the other events around the actual game. Hmm. July 21st we know expansion draft. That'll be on ESPN 2 and Sportsnet. So ESPN right in. That's good. Real good. With the coverage. So we'll Jump. find out who the Kraken are going to take. And if the Kraken are going to be better than the Knights. Because the expansion draft rules make it really easy. right? Sarcastic. <laughs> uh, NHL draft two days later. That's kind of interesting. Hey, here's your roster. It's going to change a little bit with the expansion draft. All right, now go draft.
2: And I'm sure Stephen A. will be ready with plenty of takes on all of it. He's all over it.
1: Uh, that's going to be on Friday. So Wednesday is the expansion draft. Friday, July 23rd is the actual draft. And again, um, on ESPN and then Sportsnet in Canada. So hockey off season will be shorter than normal. And there'll be a bunch of stuff going on. So
2: that's cool. It's very cool. And it's also remains to be seen. I know Bettman talked about it a little bit, but it could impact how the season plays out. Uh, first of all, they should stick to some, some sort of series, not throughout the season. But they will have some series going on. You know, this year they did uh, a lot of two-game series throughout the year. They'll at least incorporate a little bit of that into the scheduling uh, to cut down on travel. Uh, but then the other thing is they haven't decided on the Olympics yet, which they have to do very soon. They're gonna. I, I think there wasn't their plan schedule with and without. I'm I'm sure that's going to be part of it. That you do two schedules and you see how it plays out. But Redmond right. said today still no decision, and so he he has a lot of concerns about it. But he he needs to see how that agreement plays out between the league and the players, because the players seem to want to play in the Olympics. The league seems to not want them to play in the Olympics. Um, I think it makes sense for the league because I think it showcases your stars and, you know, kind of gets them out there and then gets people to, you know, gets them in the public eye heading down the stretch for next year. But uh, I understand why the league doesn't want to take a big pause, potentially lose guys to injury and that sort of thing. Uh, So it'll be a big debate and we'll see how this plays out heading up to it. If if they do play in the Olympics, there's going to be a, a very condensed schedule again.
1: I know you're fired up about the Olympics. I am. It's good timing too, right? We get about uh, five weeks of open time here between football. It would be perfect if we started now though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because it starts
2: basically the same day as training camp.
1: I feel like College World Series is a beneficiary of football slowing down like last week and being a little slower for six weeks. Yeah, a little bit. I'm sorry. The story of the weekend from the College World Series is a clown fest. (laughs) Completely ridiculous. Want to tell
2: people what happened? There was, well, first of all, NC State played a game down a couple of guys. In fact, played a first baseman who I don't think had played first base all year, had been a pitcher.
1: They had 13 players total. Right. 13 players total in a loss to Vandy on Friday. And then they go to bed. Uh, I know
2: Vandy was talking about, you know, getting ready for the game the next day. Their coach uh, Corbett got a text around 1 a.m. Basically said, you're not playing tomorrow. NC State is out. And
1: uh, Winner take all, bracket one final on Saturday. NC State booted from the College World Series. Why? COVID protocols.
2: Right. And NCAA said, hey, look, this is high profile because it's on ESPN and everybody's talking about it, but this is not the only time it's happened. It's happened throughout several different sports, throughout several different championship events that they've run, but this is just the most high profile really case of it happening.
1: And you know what went down, right? So you had two unvaccinated players test positive for NC State. Then four vaccinated players test positive. Then you've got all the contact tracing. They're out. Yeah. I mean, here we go again with the unvaccinated players. Of course. But the again, office, I don't uh, want to come in here and lecture people on this stuff, but you either do or you don't. You either want to work or you don't. You either want to look at the rules and see what the risks are. You may not agree with the rules. If you want to be a freedom fighter, I hope everyone else on the team is in agreement with you. I don't think the story got a whole lot of attention, so I don't know what Coach Avent, the coach of NC State, what he gets out of this as he's fighting for freedom. And if you're like, well, you guys are a certain viewpoint, you know, players are free to do what they want. And they're free to enjoy the repercussions. Yeah, And the repercussions were they got booted from the freaking tournament, which is inexcusable. And, again... We've leaned one way on this science story, but this coach clearly wants to make it political.
2: No, he his quote was, and I, no, no, I don't know no, no, if he no. changed it. Let me it. give it.
1: Let me let me set it up first of all. Friday night. His name is Elliot Avent, right? Coach of NC State. If it's Avent, I apologize. Um, story says he wouldn't say whether or not he was vaccinated or if he encouraged his players to avoid or take the vaccine. That could have protected them from such a situation. That's the bottom line. So if you want to get into this whole cause that some people are on, you know, the Cole Beasley side, you know, I saw some people, NC State's out, and they're like, I love NC State now. Good for you. You have no effect on their life. What does have an effect? They can never get that next game in the College World Series back. That's it. Done. It's history. Over. They lost that opportunity. That is forever forever. In their personal legacy, it were I guess maybe there are some who are like, yeah, freedom, and th- it, that's worth the cost to them. But to me, that never goes away. This coach said the parents drop off their young men and leave them in my care. They've raised them to be quality people that we recruit. My job is to teach them baseball, make sure they get an education, and keep them on the right track going forward. But I don't try to indoctrinate the kids. With my values or opinions. Inoculate or indoctrinate? Right. Did he mean to say... No. Indoctrinate. He's
2: saying indoctrinate and he means it, but that's exactly what he's doing, by the way. Like, I I don't understand how people that try to use this as a, hey, I'm not going to make this political, (laughs) are absolutely making it political.
1: Like, how do you not understand that? Then he says... Quite frankly, I have no understanding of what happened today. You're lying. You know what happened. We all know. What do you mean you have no idea what happened? There were rules. You gave the kids on the team their freedom because you don't want to indoctrinate them, and now they're out. I don't know what happened. Now you're just lying. Yeah. So, so what kind of value was that teaching the kids when the parents drop them off? God, I would be pissed off as a parent. Oh. Dream story. They started out like one in eight. In the ACC, they make the College World Series. Give me a freaking break! And then the quote that you were going to read earlier. He rolled his eyes when he's asked when he was asked if he's been vaccinated. He goes, "Quote: If you want to talk baseball, we can talk baseball. If you want to talk politics or stuff like that,
2: that is talking politics. Science. Science. You're bringing it in yeah. science, right?
1: Science, not politics. Science." Oh, I'm sorry, I will jump to the conclusion that the whole indoctrinate thing, the whole politics thing, oh, well, that's what he talked to his kids about. And now they're out. Yep. Oh, boo-hoo! We're victims!
2: Congratulations, bro. But uh, this also... God, it's... You...
1: Screwed over the kids.
2: I know you want to separate athletics from school and all these other things, which you shouldn't, but you also work for a major institution, a research institution. How about if you... Honestly, don't 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 bring politics into it. Walk your kids over to the science department at NC State. It's a it's an institute of higher learning. Walk them over there and talk to them. And you stay out of it. You don't want to. You don't want to indoctrinate them. I get that. I applaud that. It's fine. Walk them over and let the scientists talk to them
1: instead of you. Oh, well, doesn't matter now. What's huh? done is done, of course. And everyone has to size up their opportunities, and if they're willing to put them at risk and, you know, another freedom fighter, good job, Coach Avent.
0: We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Goldfield or call 702-364-1100 and let us have it. At Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Good fight
1: weekend. We're seeing boxing come back with some big matches, hopefully leading to even bigger matches. That was uh, Jermonta Davis with a strong close, 11th round. Tough fight against Barrios. He was a minus 500 favorite going into that one. You know, we talk money all the time in the fight game. Davis made a million dollars. Now I'm sure there's some people listening. They're like, Gervonta who? Yeah. Davis what? You know, one of the better guys from 135 to 140. I'm not sure that he can always make 135 in spite of the fact that he's 5'5", but, you know, that's why he's nicknamed Tank. He's a freaking yeah. fire hydrant. The a little guy. who's was giving up a ton of height in this one, and he winds up winning. Uh, his pay-per-view share could be another $4 million. He may make $5 million. And I, I'm, I throw it out there because especially, well, you say it, but, you know, Von Tobel says it, like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to kind of build everyone up again. Like, hey, there's some. They couldn't. They didn't do a lot of fights because they need the live gate, right? They need that as part of the payday, and they just, you know, boxing didn't have a lot of mega fights. Guys just chose to set it out, and also there were there were safety elements. You're, you know, trading blood and spit. You know, spit for sure, and sweat. You know, potentially blood. So some people don't want to fight. So Davis could make up the five mil. Uh, Lomachenko in that same range, really a 135er. He freaking dominated Nakatani. Here in town, he got six hundred thousand dollars as a base. He can make up to two million total with his pay per view, right? So these are fighters who boxing fans are really familiar with. Casuals are like, who? Huh. Good paydays, right? And by the way, like like even Barrios, who fought Davis, uh, is probably going to make somewhere around one and a half million. By the way, Barrios was really good in that fight. Like he got knocked not, out, was, as you said, but he was really good. Not an easy fight. No. And now he so then that he puts himself on the mix in that, you know, that range as well. Meanwhile, we had a UFC fighter this weekend fight for free. Well, his show money. Yeah, and then he didn't win. So, so what? He, I mean, he was he was getting paid. It looks like he was getting paid twenty five grand. Twenty five thousand to show, and he, he would have got twenty five thousand to win. So he got his win money. Well, he didn't win. That's a good point. He didn't win. <laughs> no. So to show, so yeah, so his base money is twenty five thousand. He yeah. he bet all of it on himself. Yeah. Now is that out of necessity, or I don't want to call him a moron. He, he was gambling he was, on himself.
2: He was very confident. I think okay. it was plus one forty. He said the uh, the price was ridiculous, uh, oh. so he was
1: betting. <laughs> well, now here's where it gets really weird. If it's ridiculous, lay the money on the line. He did. He did. <laughs> <He> it's <was laughs> not some rando saying, "Hey, a uh, football spread sucks." You know, some Raiders fans are like what? They can win the division title. They shouldn't be minus two twenty five to finish last. Then bet it. Then bet it. That's always a great answer. Yeah. Then bet it. And so he did.
2: Oh no. And didn't work out. Crazy uh, crazy thing about the fight though. He did bet on himself. Yeah. He had uh he, he had the fight not I'm not going to say one, but he really started to to open up in the 3rd round and had him in all kinds of trouble and then shot for the takedown. And if you look the announcers are like oh no <laughs> oh, and it, no. you see the you actually see they showed like the you know they have a, always have a camera on the announcers yeah. and they were like oh what is he doing he had him why did he take him down and now it adds a little bit more to the mix that he took him down instead of trying to finish him and he could have finished him and won the fight won his bet but well, that open uh, scoring would be nice wouldn't it sure and that, you knew and that's the other thing he definitely won the third round he definitely lost the second yeah. so it all came down to the first round a lot of people thought he won the first round. Oh no! I I'm not so sure. Uh, I, I think it probably leaned the other way, but I'd have to watch it again to really score it. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he had a chance to win the decision, split decision. Yikes. he loses, and uh, yeah, basically fights for free. I, I saw a lot of people saying, "Hey, like," and I saw somebody make this case specifically. He took a fight that nobody in the world cared about, made it very interesting. On social media, people were blowing up about it, talking about it. The UFC should just pay them a lot more and be like, hey, you got people to watch this. You got people interested. I don't
1: think that's how they're going to do it. You don't think um, that behind the scenes they're like, hey, you know what? You bet on yourself. Here's a discretionary bonus. And you hyped up the fight a lot. Here's a little catch.
2: It's possible. But at the same time, like if you do that and everybody finds out about it, then they're like, oh, I'm going to do that too. And then just get extra money from them.
1: Like, I. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think I'd be a little worried to, to count on the UFC making it right. for my gambling losses. Yeah, for sure. But in this case, it's, it's, you know, it's one of the first times we've heard of this happening where a guy's going to walk away with zero because he bet on himself. Tough break.
2: And then people were going after him on Twitter, and then he, he answered back. He's like, you know, sorry for believing in myself. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've actually taken a chance in life. You have. And I saw some other fighters even going after him. Like, oh, really? What an idiot. Lost all your money. And he's like, he's like, you're sitting at home on your couch. You're not in the UFC anymore. I'm
1: still here. I see odds set for a Derrick Lewis fight, but it's not in Ganu. And you and I went back and forth like three months ago, and I was saying how pissed off I was that John Jones is not fighting in Ganu. It's the super fight. Jones went up to heavyweight. We heard a lot of negotiating through the media. Dana White saying John Jones is asking for a certain amount. I don't know if Jones ever said what he was asking for, but that's the fight. And in Ganu against Derrick Lewis, what are we doing? And now where Derek Lewis is a dog plus two seventy five. What's going on here? And it's not in Ghanu. He's fighting a French kickboxing star who
2: has uh, just got a win uh, over the weekend. Cyril Gagne, who has risen to the top of the ranks. Where's in He well, apparently they wanted him to fight on this card in August. They wanted to fight in June. He said no. Okay. Now they want to fight in August, and he was like against who? Like I, you know. If it's Derek Lewis or if it's John Jones, like pay me,
1: and the UFC has said no, nope, we'll just move on. So, so they they won't pay Jones. Nope. They won't pay the champion. Nope. And now the even better. Here we go back to this interim title stuff. Yeah, interim heavyweight title. Why? Who th- wants to fight? August These 7th. are for injuries or suspensions. He. You can't. You just throw interim fights, interim title fights in. He won the
2: belt three months ago. Wait, that's a good but point.
1: He just won the He's, belt. Well, how has this been explained? No, explained? Is that <laughs> what it is? Do, 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 they outright, do they they come right out and just say, hey, he doesn't want to fight. He wants too much money? Well, or, or better was, yet, he wants too much money.
2: It was, hey, we asked him to fight. He said no. We moved on. Man. But that's, that's what they've done. And here's the other factor in this, and I'm going to, you know, Amanda Nunez is a star. She is, and I know you're, you know, still kind of down on female fighting, but nah, she's a star. She deserves she's a star.
1: She she's cleaned out multiple divisions. She deserves to fight as often as possible, and she should make a lot of money. Right? But do you you know what this is? This is
2: we can't have Amanda Nunez headline a card. So she's on the card.
1: Oh, they have to put a men's and title. They have to put another title fight there. An interim men's title fight. So they have to, have to kind of make up a title fight. They think Because so. they feel like they that's the only way they can really load up a, a female-driven card at the top. They think so. Wow.
2: And so she is on the card. She will be defending her title. And the UFC is like, yeah, we better put another title fight on there. They could put Derek Lewis, Ciro Gunn, as a... That that could be a co-main event. Winner for sure gets the next title fight. It's you know it's Derek Lewis's hometown, so it's you know a big moment for him to go fight in Houston. He's also, I think, silly for taking the fight. I mean, I, I guess he you know he wants to payday, he wants to fight at home. But you're going to be a massive underdog and probably going to lose this fight and lose your chance of fighting for a title and lose any kind of negotiating power you might have had uh, to be the backup for John Jones. But he also probably sees and they probably told him, Hey, you don't if you don't take this,
1: then we'll put Cyril. We'll make him the guy, and he'll be the backup. We took the boxing blueprint and tore it up. We took the boxing then blueprint and tore it up. Taped it back together. Who used to say that all the time?
2: Dana White did. Yeah. But they also, I mean, you could say that they, they have like, in in boxing, it'd be all about the stars, and UFC has said it's not; it's about the UFC. And you know, but but we know, but but,
1: but we know in the end, and you know what, this does help them build up more and more fighters and have a deeper roster of known fighters. But come on, John Jones bulked up to whatever he's at now, two hundred and fifty pounds. He's gonna fight. He he wants to fight the scariest guy out there. A knockout artist who has to cut to 265—that should be worth two or three fights. It's millions and millions of dollars for everyone involved. Yeah. And and here's the thing with with and now we're not getting the challenger or the champ next time out, and we're doing an interim title fight. Come on. And and
2: as far as Ingunn goes, like he won the title as we said just a couple months ago. He's been kind of you know enjoying it, celebrating it. He went to Africa, I believe he just got home to Vegas yesterday, uh, from what I understand. Or at least in the last couple of days. So that would only be a little bit over a month away to take that fight. Like, and you're going to force him into taking a fight? Like, this is, it's, it's silly. And to, to put an interim title fight out there when he just won the belt and is willing to fight again, it's just getting silly with the UFC.
0: The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.